0: Uh, Awesome. Actually, one of the things I love about this congregation is we're here together and the perfection of the performance is not very important to us. And I appreciate that with the technicalities, but I also appreciate that it's true for me. I don't have to do this perfect. I just have to share with you my heart. And uh, some of you women who have been here have heard some of the things I'm going to say today At the joy retreat we did about three years ago so it's a review to be able to restart some new things that are really good for us um so we're going to review the biblical key biblical truth if i can make this work well first of all a new command i give you to love one another as i have loved you this is not a new concept to us we all have the intellectual information from all the songs that we've sung we've heard all these before But how do we do it? I don't know about you, but I've had at least one pretty substantial disconnection from my husband in this last week, who's the person in my house. That wasn't fun and I didn't do well. So probably if we raised our hands, we would have other people who could be in that same situation. And I've been practicing for a long time, but I wanna give you some tips and some ideas and some brain science about how we can do this better. So when you look at this, um, scripture. These are all things that we're supposed to do. Uh, and I can't even see it very well we're there. We're supposed to acknowledge and appreciate each other. Okay, but we're, why are we supposed to do this? The biggest thing is that we were designed by God to be relational. If you think about it, what do they do to punish people in prison? They put them in solitary confinement. What do they do to torture people in wars? They put them in solitary confinement. So we just fall apart when we're not with each other. And our God has existed in all eternity in relationship. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then in Genesis uh, 126, then God said, let us, not I'm going to, but let us make man in our image. So they made the choice and we made us like him. And there's a lot of ways that we're like God. But the most significant one we're gonna talk about today is we were made to be in relationship with each other and with him. And we cannot be fulfilled if we don't. And this 1 Thessalonians verse shows some, some context or some ways that we are in relationship with each other. We're supposed to give each other credit for the good things we do. That's not too hard. We're supposed to admonish one another. Uh, Why would we do that? Because we love one another enough to want each other to have the best life. And if we see you messing up or you see me messing up, we want to let you know. To respect one another, yeah, we're different. That doesn't mean I'm better and you're worse. To love each other. To live in peace. We have conflict. How do we have conflict peacefully? To correct each other in love. That's kind of another version of admonish to encourage each other. Sometimes I have had some experiences or know some things that can help you. Other times you have experience and know some things that can help me to help each other, whether that's emotionally or physically or spiritually. Uh, To be patient with each other. We got to practice that already today Uh, to do what's good for each other and to give thanks to each other. Now, each of these is an individual skill. And it's something we have to learn and one of the good news things is is when i'm being admonished or corrected i'm actually gaining some knowledge and insight into how i can be better but i'm also learning from your example how i might be able to do that for someone else so that's kind of a double win instead of a lose lose sometimes we think about it being okay Um, but the thing that we often don't get is these things are not just great ideas that you can say oh go do this, they're skills. It's like if I said, oh, let's go skiing, here's your skis, go. Or let's go swimming, and push you in the pool? Wouldn't be very successful that. We can't learn these skills by watching a video or reading a book or listening to a lecture. They're each things we have to learn the skill of and practice to do. And the, even more, um, it's like one of the things Dick actually shared with me, Uh, Dallas Willard writes, as disciples, we're not trying to be different. We're training to be different people. I would not heard that. Dick shared it with me the other day. Um, And when we think about these skills are all of our relational skills, some of us got a head start by living in a family that the parents in this family knew these skills. When you messed up when you were four, they didn't yell at you and, and smack you they said hey honey calm down we're not going to do it that way so we and other of us lived in families that didn't have those skills or lived in a generation that we didn't know as much about how to help young children's brains develop well so we're all at different stages of learning all these things okay um but we no matter where we are in our level of skills we can learn better so God created us with brains, not just hearts, brains that were designed to be relational. But it doesn't happen automatically. And the really cool thing is God was a really good neuroscientist. <laughs> we don't think about him that way sometimes, but he created a pretty awesome brain for us. Okay. And today we're going to look at one brain skill or one part of our brain that is critical and be able to execute any of these things in this verse. It's actually foundational because we may have learned those skills, but if the one I'm gonna talk about today is not functioning properly, we can't execute them. Picture yourself knowing how to ski really well, but you've got the flu, not gonna go very good. Or you hurt your hamstrings, not gonna go very well. So this particular skill we're gonna talk about today is has to be functioning for any of these others to happen properly. Okay, so the concept we're going to talk about. Um, I for those of those of you that don't know me, I'm a retired psychologist. I was in practice for over thirty years. Worked with people who had all kinds of experiences. And since Doug and I have been retired, we've been working with an organization called Life Model Works that talks about maturity skills. And this is one of the things I learned from this organization and another man named Carl Lehman, who is a psychiatrist in the Chicago area who developed a manual prayer. Um, We're going to talk about what we kind of commonly call this group relational circuits. And the circuits in our brain, in our prefrontal cortex, and that's the part in the front of your brain that is responsible for what people call executive control. If that part of my brain is working, I can figure out what the consequences of my choices will be and I will have all kinds of relational skills that I don't have if it's not an example of how that works is if I have something really scary happen and my right brain goes fight flight or freeze that part gets completely shut down and if you think about it if you're walking through the woods and you see a black bear you don't want to be using your left brain to go huh how big are they Am I closer to the tree? Do you think I can run faster than that bear? You want to go out of here now. But out of here now mode doesn't do good relationship. Okay. So it's not bad that we shut down, but we need to learn to only shut down in situations that's appropriate to, and that takes skill. Okay. So um, I've, have you noticed, though, that um, sometimes when you're with people that you love, You're really, really enjoying them, and it would look sort of like this when our relational circuits are on. You know, I'm happy. I feel close to you. I enjoy you. This is fun. I'm glad you're part of my life. And then some other times it looks a little more like that. It's like, what are you thinking about? How in the world did you just do or say what you just did? Can you just go away? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I've had those experiences. Okay, so when these relational circuits are on, uh, a person is more important than the problem. I feel connected to them. They're meaningful to me. I can be aware of and interested in and respectful of the other person's point of view. That's kind of little, I'm sorry. I experience you as a relational being. You're, You're somebody I want to be related to. I experience your presence as a resource. And I'm aware of your true heart, like even if you're messing up, I know what you who you really are, and I experience joy in being with you. The bad news is that this part of our brain, our relational circuits can be shut off by any flavor of negative hard feelings, fear, anger, shame just being overwhelmed, uh, severe sadness, disgust, despair, all those feelings can, if there's a big enough feeling, it can just shut that off. Now, it doesn't usually just go on off like a light switch that clicks up and down. It more often goes, it's more like a a dimmer switch, which is good news for us. We'll talk about that in a minute. But when we lose dysfunction of our relational circuits, We are much more like this stuff. The problem is more important than you are. I'm going to fix this and I'm going to tell you you're right, you're wrong, and I'm right. I just want the problem or the person to just go away. Leave me alone. I don't want to listen to you. I don't really care what you think or feel. My mind gets locked on to whatever it is that's upsetting. You know, I just can't let go of it. And I don't want to be connected to in my life, maybe Doug or my kids. I just, well, normally, he's my favorite person on the planet, but right now, just leave. <laughs> and my feelings and opinions become weapons to win. You made me feel this, or da da da, to win the argument. Uh, some of my life model colleagues actually call this enemy mode. We've shifted from relational mode to enemy mode because you're feeling in that moment like you're the enemy. So trying to deal with people when our relational circuits are off is sort of like trying to drive your car when you're drunk. (laughs) You can make a really big mess of that and you can hurt other people and you can hurt yourself. And in this state, we're not in any way, shape or form prepared to do the kind of things that God has asked us to do with each other. So as I mentioned, the bad news is we can lose, we can lose our relational circuit function. Uh, We can begin to treat people as they're the enemy. And that sends them a message, I don't value you. And when we're in community, whatever feelings our community is expressing most often will be shared among the community. They're kind of contagious. So every time one of us learns to do this better, it helps set a model for some others of us to do it better. But if we're doing it bad, it also sets a model for others to do it bad. So it's important that we're growing in this together. Excuse me. So there are uh, actually two measures of uh, maturity in this ability. One is how much stress or difficulty can you endure in your relationship state? Relational circuits actually stay on. If you think about a two-year-old, they can't get the toy they want and they're on the floor screaming and yelling and kicking. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about uh, a 12-year-old, it takes takes more for a 12-year-old. And often age, chronological age is not a very good indicator of maturity level. Depends on what we've learned and how we've grown. There are a lot of, I know some 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds who have a lot more mature than some 25-year-olds or 40-year-olds or 60-year-olds. Depending on what they've had the opportunity to learn. So, this, and the second measure of maturity in relation to this issue is how quickly can we restore our relational circuits when they go off? So, do we spend the whole day, the next week, or whatever, mad about whatever and grumbling over it and telling other people about it? Or do we take the time to do what we know how to do to get those circuits restored? So, um, we, so we want to learn how to. First, I want to say we will all experience having our relational circuits go off. Everybody will, and it will happen for the rest of your life, no matter what. No matter how good I do this lesson and how much I teach you, you will do this for the rest of your life. However, we can learn that it should what normal should feel like. What do I feel like when my relationship circuits are on? And I can become more and more aware more quickly when they're off. And have a skill set to turn them back on as quickly as possible. Okay, um, so um, let's see. Where do we want to go next? So wh- let me just summarize that. So when we learn to restore our relational circuits, we're better able to build increased capacity to stay relational, to live in peace and appreciation. To create life giving communities. Have you ever been in a group of people that just didn't feel good to be with, didn't feel safe? That's not what we want. To grow stronger life giving connections with God and others, and to avoid overwhelming other people. We tend to do that when our relational circuits are off. So there are three basic things like, okay, my relational circuits are off. I need help. I gotta do something to get this back together. Um, the first is just ordinary calming ourselves. If you think about it, that's kind of a big thing in our, in our community, our culture in the United States today. There's YouTube videos. There's a NPR person at who's on WNYC from 12 to two. And at one o'clock, she does a calming exercise at one o'clock every day. So there are lots of resources out there to learn just the generic take breathing calmly, thinking positive thoughts and calming yourself. So we're not going to talk about that one because you can get the resources somewhere else. The second one is creating appreciation and gratitude. Our culture has also caught on to that more, but that's the big one we're going to talk about today. And the third one is receiving attunement or empathy. So let's say I'm my relational circuits are are really turned off. I can receive empathy from God. God's hearing what I'm saying, how I'm upset. Or someone else is hearing what I'm saying and how I'm upset. So it's calming, appreciation and attunement. We're going to talk today about we're going to we want to practice something today, so we're going to do it, appreciation because it's the easiest one to do here. <laughs> and we're going to actually practice it. But we're going to do that. Um, let's, we're going to first before I do it. I want to show you that God seemed to know what he was talking about. Sometimes we think that let's we'll start with this appreciation. Sometimes we think that the, the commands that God has given us are for God because he gets something out of it. But in this situation, I really think that the multitude of commands to be thankful are really for us because God is that good neuroscientist. For example, we'll just read a few. In everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, in his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. So why would God tell us, is that the last one? Yeah. Why would God tell us to be thankful? Well, guess what? We now know that when you're experiencing thankfulness or appreciation, it actually creates the neurotransmitter serotonin in your brain. And if any of you know anything about depression, depression is usually caused by not having enough serotonin in your brain. And one of the primary medications is called SSRI, which is selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Which means it cre- it ends up ending up with more serotonin in your brain. Well, who would have thought? Maybe God didn't just want to sit back and feel good. Oh, they think I'm doing a good job. Maybe He's going, "Oh, honey, I don't want you to feel bad. Please be thankful." That's how it works. Okay. So when we're going to work on this, um, the first thing we have, the first skill we have to learn, is recognizing when we're not when our relational circuits are sliding off. Because I'm pretty, I can pretty much guarantee you when they get all the way off, you're not very motivated to do this stuff, or it's a lot harder. Okay, so you begin to notice when you're sliding into in enemy mode. For what are the clues? For me, it's uh, my voice gets louder, and I tend to say, you always, you know. <laughs> um, what are there, and you, I also, you can, so figure it, watch yourself. You can also ask, other people. What are if you have a person in your life that you feel safe with, you can ask the other person to give you feedback. When you think my relational circuits are off, um, um, inform them that you might be taking a time out from the conversation because you think your RCs are dimming. You know, you know, if you have like in a relationship with brothers and sisters or husband and wife. If you're in that safe relationship, ask if they've seen signs that your RCs are dimming and what that looks like when they're with you. Invite them to tell you in the moment when they see things that are happening that way. That's a vulnerable and courageous step. Uh, And if you don't have a safe relationship, don't go down there, but you can at least begin to notice that about yourself. What are your... Like my, my, my voice gets louder and I say you always things. Okay. So let's, let's look at what it would look like to begin to, uh, I keep forgetting we don't have any more slides for a minute. <laughs> okay. And then once you figure out that your relational circuits are going off, then you take time to move away. And you'll need to learn what works for you to say, to acknowledge that to the people you're with and take that time out. So let's let's practice appreciation. Now, when I do this, normally, I'll have people get in groups of three. We'll do this appreciation exercise, then I'll have you share with each other what you had and process that together. We obviously can't do that today, so we'll be doing this individually. I'm going to lead you through an an exercise to just practice appreciation and um, then let you think about that for yourself. Okay. One example, I'll give you a quick example with my son in a minute. Uh, I forgot something. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, I was at my son's house when we were waiting for his first child to be born, who is 14 now. And I was doing yard work in his yard. And excuse me, it was his last one. I've got my stories confused. And I had been in the yard doing yard work at his house all day long, and he comes he comes home from work, and he comes out on the front porch and goes, Mom, do you have any plan for dinner? My first response was, I've been working in the yard all day. What do you mean do you have any plan for dinner? I just thought that real quick, and he goes, well, if you don't, I was thinking I could take you to dinner. I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be okay. <laughs> so we, I came in, we got cleaned up. He took me to dinner by ourselves, just the two of us. Uh, we talked about how the other two boys are doing we talked about his job we we just had this great time together and on top of that he paid for it yep. You yeah know, no mom it's my turn so the, the the feeling i had was just this kind of warm glowing wow he loves me mm-hmm. and and look who this young man is that he would do this and on top of that we're getting this new baby you know so just to to sit back and have that experience so that that's an example, but you could think of all kinds of different things. Um, so. So I got my pages mixed up. I got to practice more like Dick did I wouldn't mess up so much. <laughs> uh, okay, so what I'm going to do is to give you a kind of an overview and then have you do, go through these things together. So I'm going to ask you to look at what you find an appreciation moment and then look at what's going on with that, what you appreciated about it, what you felt like in the moment, and what you might have done in that situation. And then we're going to process that. okay. So what I want you to do now is you, if you want to close your eyes, you can, just find just get in a comfortable some, some way that you're feeling comfortable, and ask God to show you a time, It could be a sunset you saw. It could be a snow, a beautiful snow on the trees. It could be a relational time with somebody else. Anything that you felt so thankful for. So Lord, just show everyone a time where you have really, really blessed them. So as that memory comes back to you, Just let yourself experience what was going on at that time. What's the storyline? Who was there and why did you feel appreciation for this particular event or experience? See if you can be aware of what emotions you might have been feeling or, and what body feelings. Did you feel warm? Did you feel um, open? Did you feel joy? What did you feel? Lord is there anything else you want everyone to know, each one to know about the experience that they're looking at or experiencing now anything they might have missed that's good and is there anything that you did in response to being in this situation that would be like you to do. Okay, so just take a minute and reflect back on this memory. And if we were doing this in a workshop setting, I would actually have you write down what the memory was, what the feelings were, and what you did, so you could come back to it another time, not lose it. But just name in your mind, is there one thing you want to remember about this memory? that would be helpful in the future. Or to just bring joy at any time you might feel like it. Like, I'm having a little trouble going to sleep tonight. I think I'll go back to that appreciation memory and relax. Okay, just take a minute and kind of come back to the room, finish up what you're looking at or thinking and come back to this room with all of us together. I think it would be a delightful joy if we could have shared them in groups or had several people come up or stand up and tell their stories because we all get joy when we hear someone else's joy. And that's another lesson to sort of take away. When you're having something that's really a blessing to you, share that with someone. And one of the other uh, exercises that uh, we will be talking, let me just tell you, one of the exercises a friend of mine came up with, Kitty Wilder, is to do what she calls three by three by three and try to do it every day. Three things you appreciate about God, three things you've appreciated about your day, and three things you appreciate about someone you love, like it could be your spouse, your child, your best friend, or whatever, or one of each and just sometime during your day do that every day just to give yourself a better day okay so we're not going to be able to go into the details about doing the attunement with god in terms of practicing it we don't have time for that i just wanted to show you the process and you don't have to try to memorize it because i have business card size uh cards to give you at the end when you leave that has these next two slides on it so i mentioned carl Lehman. um and I'm I'm having I don't read so well this far away, and I don't have it on my notes. But it says, "Do I feel connected to this person?" So if you answer yes to these, you are your relational circuits are on. Same basic thing we've gone over. Do I feel a desire to be connected to this person? Do I feel and experience him or her as a re- relational resource, a relational being? I'm sorry. Am I aware of his or her heart? Do I feel compassion about what he or she thinks or feels? Do I perceive their presence as a resource? And am I experiencing joy in being with them? So you can put this in your wallet or in your purse, if you forget, and you can remind yourself, okay, I'm, I'm not any of those things, or I'm losing it feeling like they're a resource. And then the backside is even smaller, so I'm not going to be able to read it to you. Oh, it's not either. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to just tell you this one. Um, What you want to do is to perceive the presence of God and experience him as a resource and tell him about the pain or the sadness or the hurt that you're experiencing. You're not talking about the other person. Man, I can't believe he did this. I can't believe she did that. And I can't, you know. You're saying, this is this is bad. You're like, he's your therapist. You know, this is hard for me. I don't want to be here. Help. And then you let God really reflect that back to you. I'm with you here. You're not alone. You're not in this all by yourself. And I apologize for not having a copy in front of me that I could read it completely word forward. I didn't realize it would be that sad. So... I will do my best to keep my relational circuits on as that happened. Okay. Let's see. I actually did make a slide of this too. <laughs> okay, so this is the three by three appreciation exercise, which I can actually read, but I already have. Okay. If I ever do one of these perfect, it'll be a miracle. So um, here's three approaches with a very brief introduction to each one. Uh, what I would love to do sometime is actually have a time where we can all practice the Emmanuel uh, appreciation in a way to work for our uh, circus to get back on. We'll see if we can figure that out. Maybe it works out something on that. So just in summary, uh, we were created by our relational father God in his image. We are relational, relational to our very core. It's who we are. Unlike our father, we have brains that have to be trained to do this well. He does it perfectly from all of eternity. We can learn to improve our ability to keep our brains relational and learn the skill and practice the skill and get better and better, hopefully, every year of our life. And it will help us be able to fulfill the plans and the purposes that God has for us, both in our families, in our church community, in our friendships, at our jobs. There's nowhere that this skill is not helpful. And with all these results, we have a much more fulfilled life. So would you pray with me? Lord, I just thank you that you are our Father God. You are the one who gave us everything for our our welfare, our good being. You warn us about the ways that hurt us, and you draw us in to the things that help us. Help each of us identify where we are in this process of learning relational skills. Help us to be, I just pray that you would defeat Satan in any way he wants to draw shame or fear into our hearts. Pray that you'd bind Satan and not let him do that as we look at these places where we're not what we would like to be. I think of the song we just sang, Help us be honest with ourselves and honest with each other in ways to get help that our community can help each other become more and more who you want us to be. The reality is, in lots of ways, we're all a mess when we're compared to you. And the super reality is that you want us to be more like you because it's the best thing for us. It makes our life here on this planet better, and nothing is better. Just pray for your loving support, your guidance, and your provision for opportunities to continue this growth. In Jesus' name, amen.